0: You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. Today's episode is going to be part two of why diets don't work for special needs moms. (laughs) So last week, we talked about what emotional eating or stress eating actually is and why it plays a big part in keeping special needs moms stuck in survival mode. So if you missed that episode from last week, uh, it might be helpful for you to go ahead and just pause this one, go listen to it, go listen to part one, and then come back. So, Because you're not going to want to miss this information. It is so, so important, especially if you are someone that struggles with overeating, losing weight, or even just struggles with feeling burned out. Because burnout is survival mode. That is essentially they are the same thing. So last week we talked about all the why behind it all. You know, why 95% of diets fail, which is a huge number, right? 95%. (laughs) It's because they don't address those underlying issues to overeating. Or, you know, I'll add the underlying issues to people eating excess flour and sugar. We kind of go into that in episode part one. (laughs) Most maybe all diets uh, they only you know they only address the food part of physical health and the truth of it is there is so much more to it you know it's about so much more than just food if it was just a matter of eating the right amount and the right type of food that our body needs I'm pretty sure that there wouldn't be that 95% fill rate with diets right So, and as a reminder, when our brains offer up things like ice cream and chips and cookies and, you know, those wonderful things in response to a negative emotion like stress, this doesn't make that negative emotion go away. It only stuffs it down. It only prolongs it. You know, we may get a dopamine hit from that ice cream, but that dopamine hit, it doesn't make that negative feeling go away altogether. And I think that's the big thing that people think happens. Is Oh yeah, it just makes it go away, you know? (laughs) But when we're talking about emotions, it's helpful to kind of think of emotions like a tunnel. You know, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and an end. And when we suppress an emotion rather than allowing it and feeling it, we get stuck in the middle of that tunnel. We get stuck in the emotion. Or rather, it gets, I guess, kind of stuck in us. And what I run into so often with uh, the ladies that I coach is there's, oftentimes there's a fear that you will actually get stuck in an emotion if you let yourself feel it. Like, I'm afraid if I, you know, go down that rabbit hole and let myself cry, I'll never be able to stop. I'll never get out of it, <laughs> which is actually the complete opposite. And think about it, you know, have you ever had a good cry? And you feel better afterwards, right? It's kind of like you feel empty, but in a good way. Yeah, It's because you've moved through the emotion. <laughs> so today, though, Let's talk about some of the things that you can do to not stress eat, not emotional eat. So last week we went into the why we do it. Now today we're actually going to give some helpful tips on how to not do it. <laughs> and these are things that whether you are wanting to lose weight or not will be helpful because they're, it's not just about our physical bodies. It is not just about losing weight and thin bodies and whatever. Not that at all. These things will actually help your mental health as well, maybe even more so. You know, they will help you get out of survival mode or caregiver burnout. They'll help you start using your prefrontal cortex more, which is that part of your brain that's responsible for logical thinking, decision making. It's kind of that more, um, you know, we call it like your upstairs brain. (laughs) I'm thinking from this part of your brain versus the caveman survival brain. It allows you to be more present. It allows you to be less impulsive and have less anxiety and less overwhelm in your life. And the funny part is, is when we avoid using food to suppress emotions and allow ourselves to move through these emotions and get back to that logical brain, you know, we move through the emotion, it lets us get back to that rational upstairs brain, we have less impulsive eating tendencies. So it's, you know, it's like a cycle. If you break the cycle over and over again, the cycle of, you know, I stress eat because I don't want to feel stress. And then... That just keeps me in stress, so I stress eat more. Yeah, that's the cycle. If you break that over and over again, you eventually can put an end to the cycle, and your entire life will look and feel different. So let's get started. Let's jump into it. The first thing you can do to stop emotional eating is the very simple thing. It literally takes like less than two seconds, and that is to just check in with yourself. So what does that mean? (laughs) When your brain offers up something like, ooh, hey, you know what would be really great right now? Some nachos. I love nachos. (laughs) Just pause for a second and check in with yourself and ask yourself two questions. Number one, this is the big one. Am I hungry? If the answer is yes, then great. If nachos are, you know, something that you're eating, something that's on your meal plan, great, go for it. You know, and we'll dive into food choices later in the podcast. But for right now, if the answer is yes, and you think nacho is a great choice, have at it. But if you ask yourself, am I hungry? And the answer is no. I want you to ask yourself a very important second question. What am I avoiding right now? Is it stress from a busy day? Is it boredom? Is it loneliness or resentment because all of my friends are posting pics of their neurotypical kids on Facebook tonight? You know, what is it? What's going on? (laughs) Get curious and not judgmental, just curious. Imagine like you're like an anthropologist, like studying your own brain here. You know, they wouldn't be judgmental. They'd be like, oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. Interesting that 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 brain just did that. How curious. Study your own thoughts. It can even be helpful to write out your thoughts when you're answering these questions. You know, this makes us slow down and makes it easier to become aware of those thoughts. You can even, you know, you can make like a note in your phone even, you know, in the notes app, whatever. You know, make a note of what comes up when you ask yourself, what are you avoiding? And at first, you may like scream at shout, like nothing. I just want some dang nachos and that's okay. Like nothing's gone wrong if that's what your brain says. I just want some nachos. But I want you dig a little bit more if this happens. Okay, brain. Why do you want nachos? And you might get a response of something like, because they're cheesy and melty and wonderful and delicious, and I had a hard day and I just want them. Ah, do you get that? I had a hard day and I just want them. This is your brain saying, I have negative emotions about things that happened today and I want to avoid them with cheese and chips. <laughs> now, You know, this check-in, it can take practice and it's okay if on the first time you try it and you realize that you aren't hungry, but you just want something, you know, you want to eat something because it's the end of the evening and the kids are in bed and you see eating food as like a nice thing to do for yourself. And so even though you aren't hungry and you know all the reasons of why you are wanting that food, you, you know, you've become aware of it. You may still eat that food. It takes practice to not eat the food. It takes practice of catching yourself in those moments and figuring out what you need and figuring out what you're avoiding. But the first step is always awareness. You know, noticing those thought errors. Noticing our behavioral patterns. You know, it may be night eating is a big one, right? It's kind of the end of the day. You have all of your stresses kind of build up. You kind of like, oh, it's quiet. There's less distractions. So your mind is not distracted from the feelings. So that's why nighttime it's so common for people to eat when they're not hungry, you know? And you may have been doing this for years. You may have been doing this your entire life, right? So you can't beat yourself up if in one night you don't end this pattern. Just have grace for yourself and, you know, keep practicing this. So, you know, this is where the hard part comes in. This is where you actually... Have to feel that yucky feeling, though, that you were trying to avoid. Because whenever you don't have the food there to push it away, you you kind of have to face it, right? There's no more stuffing it down. And remember, we don't want to stuff it down because that's what keeps us in survival mode. That's what keeps us in that chronic stress state. It's so hard for so many of us, especially if you were raised in the era of being told to stop crying, suck it up. It's not that big of a deal. Emotions for a lot of us and for our parents as well, you know, because they were raised that way, they were a bad thing, especially those ugly big emotions, you know, that make you cry. And yeah, so I always giggle. So a lot of you, if you're a girl mom, you're totally going to relate to this. Uh, my daughter sings Let It Go from Frozen all the time. <laughs> like all the time. And one of the lines is don't let them in. Don't let them see be the good girl. You always have to be conceal. Don't feel don't let them know. Now, you know, of course, I think my new goal for the podcast is to reference at least one Disney movie per episode. So there's your reference for tonight. You're welcome. (laughs) But anyways, you know, this lyric, it is so incredibly insightful into how, Many of us, you know, feel about emotions. If every time you showed emotions as a child, you got in trouble or you got a negative reaction from an adult that, oh, quit crying, then your brain learned that keeping them inside, keeping those emotions inside is how you were seen as the quote-unquote good girl. Yeah. A lot of perfectionists struggle with something very similar to this, by the way. So might do some work there. If you are a perfectionist, And you have a hard time feeling emotions. This might be something to dig into. That's for a different podcast. We're not going to go into perfectionism on this one. As much as I want to. (laughs) We're not going to go down that tangent. So if your brain has linked emotions with punishment. Or linked the lack of emotions with reward. Then it might require some of that serious work in this area. To dig those limiting beliefs up. Like, oh, I shouldn't cry. That's not good. That's a limiting belief. It doesn't help us to believe that. It's harmful and learn. It might be helpful to learn some healthy emotional regulation, right? Those things that we were not taught. So another thing that you can do that would really help out here, this is second part. Now, you know, we talk about emotions, everyone's favorite subject, right? <laughs> this one's a little bit more fun. Another thing you can do that really helps is to pre-plan your food in advance, So this is not like, oh, you know, you get a bunch of those little containers and like you meal prep. I'm not saying meal prep, guys. I'm not going that far. This takes like two seconds. okay? but stay with me. So this allows you to make decisions ahead of time from the logical prefrontal cortex again versus making food choices from the part that is responsible for all those cravings and, you know, it's responsible for survival mode. We really need to be making decisions from that part of our brain. No, that is not the good decision-making part of our brain. <laughs> and you know where we are when we're really hungry in that survival mode brain, right? We're in the downstairs brain. <laughs> and, you know, but whenever you're really hungry, you just want to get food and quick, like you're like hangry. I know I definitely get angry, you know, and when I do, you know, whenever you're in those moments, if your food isn't preplanned, then we usually end up eating the absolute worst meals, right? Like McDonald's or gas station food. Our brains are just like, whatever's quick and easy. Just give me food. You know, we go to the first thing our brains offer up and let's be honest our brains never offer up things like, oh, a salad when we're hangry. <laughs> no, never. It's always like the bottom barrel food, right? Now, imagine if you were getting a little hangry, you're getting in that place. You're like, I need some food. going to start being ragey. But you already had a plan of what you're going to eat. Your brain doesn't have to come up with something quick. And go to the first thing it says. Like, ah, McDonald's, sure, whatever, it's right there. Because you have made it easy on yourself. You were smart and you pre-planned. Because you're like, oh, no, my plan today was to get a salad from Chick-fil-A. It's still quick, still incredibly easy. I mean, Chick-fil-A is very fast, right? Yeah, you're going to get through there, like, probably quicker than McDonald's. But that's the thing. Is your your brain wasn't going to offer that up was it going to offer up that salad whenever you're hangry, if you didn't have it pre-planned. And listen, I love me a Southwest chicken salad from Chick-fil-A. It's what I had for lunch today. It's wonderful. But pre-planned my food, it has been absolute, one of my absolute favorite life hacks. And it's one I've actually been doing this for over two years now. Because I have learned that I am not great at making any sort of decision in the moment. And my brain kind of, it just goes all, all over the place. Like, I can't make a decision and I don't ever remember my reasons of why I wanted to eat healthier, you know, so that I feel better. I don't remember any of that. It just goes out the window. Especially, like, if you're in the middle of the day, if you're, you know, in the middle of work or you're in the middle of appointments for your kid. Like, your brain is not in a great decision-making place. So, it's not even just, it's not even just about eating healthy for me either. It's also about, it's one less thing I have to give energy to during my day. It helps me with my time management. It helps me feel less overwhelmed throughout the day from that decision fatigue. Because it's one thing that I predetermined. I typically plan the night before or even like first thing in the morning. And it takes me no time whatsoever. I know what's in my fridge. I know my favorite healthier meals if I need to drive through somewhere. I know the meals that I'd planned kind of for the week for dinners. And I just keep a running note in my phone for each day. Like, it just says something. It's very simple. It just says something like breakfast, oatmeal with coffee and cream. Lunch, Southwest salad from Chick-fil-A. You know, dinner, cheeseburger casserole with green beans. Snack, two squares of dark chocolate. Now, this is literally my food plan from today. It keeps me from snacking during the afternoon. When I'm not hungry, you know, it keeps me from like, oh, that like kind of afternoon, like blah feeling. It keeps me from going to get a candy bar or whatever, you know, getting a pop. It keeps me from not knowing what to fix for dinner. Like, oh, hey, what's for dinner? You know, that, that, that same old story and song and dance. None of that. Zero of that. It keeps me from, you know, just saying, oh, screw it. We'll just get pizza. And don't get me wrong, we still have pizza. I still eat pizza all the time. I still have ice cream. I still have all of it. I just plan for it. But I'm not constantly having to eat out because I'm like, I don't want to come up with, I can't put together, you know, a conscious thought to come up with what we should make for dinner because I'm so fried by the end of the day. None of that happens. Because it's like, oh, yep, that's what we're having for dinner. Cool. Got it. I'll do it. You know? And in those moments where my brain says, oh, hey, you know, be good right now, like a king size Snickers. I can just gently remind myself that a candy bar is not on my plan today. You know, if we want that, we can plan for it tomorrow. Absolutely. But that's not on today's plan. And that gets rid of majority of stress eating for me. You know, so we make meal decisions ahead of time. And we ask ourselves those questions. Are we hungry? Or are we just wanting to make ourselves feel better? And the last thing to do in order to stop stress eating is to actually manage your stress. It's a no brainer, right? (laughs) It may be the obvious answer here, but it is certainly the one that gets skipped. Managing stress is one of those things that a lot of people, you know, they only go to when it's too late or almost too late. We decide we should probably start taking care of ourselves. You know, decide that a little self-care might be needed when we're practically on the verge of a mental breakdown. You know, instead of using stress management as like a medication, whenever we're in high stress already, what if, just what if, we were to use it as preventative medicine? What if you focused on your mental health, stress management, emotional regulation, those things... Every single day and not just when things are going poorly, not just whenever it's too late, not just when you're too much in it. Your life would look completely different, wouldn't it? Just just imagine that for a minute. What would your life be like if you actually took care of your mental health and did something every single day? It'd be very different, you know? And I'm not going to go into the details of how to manage stress and take care of mental health because... It's literally an entire podcast about that. Like, just pick another episode. You'll find something. (laughs) But, you know, this whole podcast is devoted to just that. But I want you to ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today, this very day, to take care of my mental health? You know, do I need to cry? Crying is part of taking care of your mental health, by the way. Feel your feelings. Do I need to reach out to someone and talk? Do I need to spend 10 minutes writing out a gratitude list? That's mental health. Whenever you spend time in that positive and in the good and finding the joy. Do I need to go for a walk? You know, what is just one thing I can do today? It doesn't have to be something that takes up hour two hours of your time. Five minutes, ten minutes, that's it. You know, and then decide what you can do and then go do that thing. And tomorrow, ask yourself again and go do that thing. Make your mental health a priority. When we actively de-stress, we begin to think more clearly. We feel more focused. We feel balanced in life. We're able to make better decisions. We're able to show up and be present in our own life. You're better able to find joy every single day. Yes. So, what is one thing that you can do today to get one step closer to that? And go do it. Okay? All right, everyone. I'm gonna end it there. Get off my soapbox. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed this two-part series. And I certainly enjoyed doing it for you guys. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, um, you know, through Instagram, through my website, however. I love hearing from you guys, but I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.